Today we have uh, a good friend of mine, a special um, guest speaker who is with us today, Pastor Robert Campbell. Now, one of the things that you may not be aware of is that uh, Pastor Campbell and I participate in an integrated pastors group of six different pastors in the Wilmington area. Three of those pastors are Caucasian. Three of those uh, pastors are African-American. We get together on a monthly basis. Uh, one of the pastors hosts each month, and sometimes the food varies depending on the location and depending on the host <laughs> pastor. You better not say anything, Pastor Campbell, about whenever I host this. <laughs> pastor Campbell, he gives me a hard time sometimes because of my food selections. Pastor Campbell um, uh, took the lead as pastor of New Beginning Christian Church back in 2004 um, with only 12 members that were at his church. Um, today, there are hundreds and hundreds of people that call New Beginning Christian Church home, which we give, we give the glory to God for that. He also has uh, a multiple degrees. He has an MBA. MBA in business as well as a Bachelor um, of Arts. Um, Pastor Campbell was in the Marine Corps for 26 years, three months, and 10 days. Thank you for your service, brother. He is joined uh, today by First Lady Kathy Campbell, who is with him. We are so glad that you decided to come and to be with us. I thought you might be tired of hearing your uh, husband preach all the time, but you decided to come and to hear him. I'm joking. Uh, they as well, Pastor Campbell and his wife, Kathy, have four children, Leah, Tiffany, Kyle, and Brent. And um, just on a personal note, um, I look up to Pastor Campbell. He is a dear brother of mine in our city. He's one of the few pastors that I would consider a close brother as well. He's got a few years, I won't say how many. He's got a few years ahead of me in life and in ministry, and I look to him and I ask him questions about things related to our church and people. Sometimes pastors are confused with what to do, and sometimes we have to ask somebody else, and I ask him on a regular basis what I should do. Now, let me, this is the last thing I'll say. Pastor Campbell is used to a congregation that affirms what he says. <laughs> and let me just be honest with you. The more you affirm him, the shorter he will preach. <laughs> if he knows that you are affirming him, that means he knows that uh, he is connecting with you. And so when something in your spirit affirms with something in his spirit, it's okay to say a little amen. Say, preach it, preacher, something like that. And it's okay if it really connects with you. You can stand up in that moment and testify with what is happening in your spirit. So church, could we give uh, Pastor Campbell a huge, big welcome, Bridge Church welcome as he joins us today. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Good morning. It is so good to be here with you this morning. Uh, I'm going to... Um, ask you to please stand. I want to um, share a passage of scripture with you. I've got my eyes on the clock in the back. Ethan told me that I had 35 minutes. Uh, at the last time I preached for 35 minutes, it was a devotional that I was supposed to take 20. <laughs> and, uh, but I am going to honor that time. Um, this morning, I want to thank the Lord for my wife being with me 
the love of my life for 32 years. Y'all help me give the Lord a hand praise for her. I'm fortunate the Bible says the man that finds a wife finds a good thing. And I love that girl. And uh, the other day I called her and I was singing to her on the phone. And I know it must have been good because she said, stop, I can't take it. <laughs> you know, it was, it was getting to her. Uh, I want to thank, I wanna thank uh, Ethan for a great introduction. Um, he and Ashley for hearing the voice of the Lord and following that voice. Um, I also honor all of the other uh, pastors and leaders in this church. Now, I, um, I recognize that I have a short period of time, um, so I want to be real intentional about using that time. So often you hear someone come and speak, and if it's good, you enjoy it, but then you leave and you don't remember what the title was, what he talked about. That won't be the case today. Because I, I, I came on a mission to share a word that I think this awesome church needs to hear. I want to tell you that this is a very, very, very unique church. This is unique. When you look around and you see uh, multi-ethnic and multi-culture and uh, diversity in one place, I, I almost wonder what Ethan must have heard, he and Ashley, when they said, we're going to Wilmington and we're going to have a multi-ethnic church. Maybe they didn't know about the 1898 riots or uh, the Wilmington 10 or, or that every year this county is more conservative than any other county in the country. But they've come here and this church has grown and is still growing. And I, I want to encourage you that you are in a very special place. And, and sometimes when you're, in a, you're around something and you're around it so long, you don't recognize how special it is. So I, I want you to know, I'm telling you what my message is, so if I don't get to cover it in the next 35 minutes, you will remember these points. Number one, you're in a very special church. Say, I'm in a very special church. That's important. That's, that's important. Because my message is going to talk about how unique this is and how you can get connected to this. How you can get connected to this. If you would, look over in your Bible, Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 6. Only one verse. And I want you to continue standing because I, I, I'm going to make sure you've got that you're in a very special church. You know the title of my message and you know my three points. Okay, and then I'm going to let you sit down, and I'm going to roll like 40 going west, okay? <laughs> so, Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 6, and let me give you a little background. Um, Nehemiah is in bondage. Israel had sinned so long that they were sold into 70 years of captivity to Babylonian captivity. The Babylonians were eventually taken over by the Medes and the Persian Empire, and uh, Nehemiah is the cupbearer for the king. He finds out that back in Jerusalem that the walls are towing down, torn down and things are in great disarray. It concerns him. He asks the king for permission to go back and build the wall. He goes back and he begins to build. He runs into all kinds of uh, opposition. But he comes to the place where he overcomes the opposition. And I want to focus on verse number 6 of chapter 4. So, 
they came and they built the wall. They were building the wall. The wall represents a security. It represents establishment, a safe place. They built the wall and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height for the people had a mind to work. Many times pastors love this passage of scripture when you're building a new church maybe three to four years old when you're rebuilding it's such a great passage because it has so many great leadership principles of how to come into an area and how to build and today with that thought in mind my message title is teamwork makes the dream work teamwork makes the dream work. Continue standing for about three more minutes and I'm going to let you sit down the rest of the time. Now, the first thing I wanted you to know was that you're in a very special place, a very special church. My message title is Teamwork Makes the Dream Work. What Nehemiah was doing, he had a vision that he asked the the king, could he go and build? And he said, when the people had a mind to work as one team, it made the dream work. How do you get to be a part of the team that helps the dream to come to fruition? Are you with me? At three points, three points. This is a very special church. Teamwork makes a dream work. And the three points that you get connected to the team that makes the dream work is number one, concern. Number two, commitment. Number three, courage. Concern, commitment, and courage. This is a very special, in fact, why don't you help me here? Turn to your neighbor and tell him this is a very special church. Uh, No, you you didn't do that. You didn't do that good. You didn't do that good. Turn to your other neighbor and tell him this, the bridge is a very special church. All right, look back at me real quick because you're messing up my time. Harry, stay with me. The message today is teamwork makes the dream work. Tell your neighbor, teamwork makes the dream work. And the three points... Now, when you tell the three points this time, the last thing I want you to be able to say is Pastor Campbell came in here and he preached to us. He told us we were in a very special place. He told us that teamwork makes a dream work. He told us that there are three points that I can get connected to this team to make the dream come to pass. And it was being concerned, committed, and courageous. But this time, when you tell them concerned, committed, and courageous, I want you to touch them. Why? Because I want you to be able to say, Pastor Campbell preached, and I was moved today. I got up, I touched people, I was touched by the message. So this time, the three points, tell your neighbor, touch them. I need you to hug them, hold their hand or something. Say, I want you to be concerned, committed, and courageous. Now give the Lord a hand, praise, and sit down. That took five of my minutes. Now here's the thing. That's because some of you all weren't with me. Um, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Oh, I need to pray. Short prayer. Lord, bless this message. Amen. Now, now, here's what I need you to understand. 
I was given 35 minutes. I was in prayer. I heard the Lord talking about Moses. 40 was the number of maturity. He was in Egypt for 40 years at Pharaoh's house. He went into the backside of the desert for 40, for 40 years. And then he came and led the captives into the wilderness for 40 years. I heard the Spirit of the Lord that say that this morning might be a mature message. We'll see. I'm excited about this church. This is so unique. Many talk about building a diverse, a diverse church. So few can do it. It, is, it takes something special. And your pastor, your first lady, and the pastors on this staff, you all are very courageous people. Because there will be people who look at what you're doing. And if you haven't gone through it yet, there will be some who start with you who won't be able to finish with you. Because it's more than a notion. This whole thing about teamwork makes the dream work. What God has given to the pastor of this church and the people of this church is going to take you being a part of this team and so much a part of it that you're willing to be committed and courageous. But the way God gets you to be a part, you got to know where you fit in. When I look at Nehemiah, the fact of the matter is, Nehemiah was concerned about what was going on in Jerusalem. Amen. It's very important that you understand when you're trying to figure out what is my call? What is my purpose? How do I fit in? Where do I fit in? The thing that God will use, he will use your concern. If you come here and you all are always going and looking in the children's church because you, you want them to get the right thing, God will pull on your concern and he will point you to your passion, your concern, your passion that will lead you to your purpose. Here, here's Nehemiah. You want, I won't read it verbatim, but over in chapter 1, uh, verses uh, 2 through 4, Nehemiah is serving the king. He asked information from those who've come back from Judah. He says, what's going on in Jerusalem? They tell him things are in disarray. Now, Nehemiah knows that Jerubbabel and Ezra have already gone back and they've taken people out of captivities back into Jerusalem. Well, Jerubbabel and Ezra, they built the temple, but the wall was still down and it had gone into disrepair. And many times we start the vision and there's a great deal of enthusiasm, but then people lose a little pep in their step after a while. It gets hard sometimes. It's one thing to come to the Bridge Church and you walk through the, the, the lobby and you say, sit in the dining room where you can receive the Word of God. It's another thing to come to the Bridge Church, come through the dining room, go in the kitchen where people are preparing the work and find out that mess can be ministry can be a little messy. So God will use your concern about a thing to show you where your passion is that will lead you to your purpose. What are you concerned about? Nehemiah was so concerned that it changed his countenance before the king. And he went before the king and he broke protocol because the king thought they were gods and you to come before him with a downtrodden countenance could cost you your head. 
But not only does he go before him, but the Bible says in chapter 1 that he is fearful because the king says, why is your countenance down? He says, I, my countenance is down because of the state of Jerusalem. The wall is broken down. And he tells the king that because of that, he begins to cry, he begins to pray, he begins to fast because his concern is pointing him toward his passion. When God called Ethan and the other leaders, they had to have a concern about multi-ethnicity. They had to have a concern about the next generation. They had to have a concern about building not just this church, but multiple churches. Because when you have a concern, it causes you to have a passion for something. And because you have a passion, it gives you a drive and you're willing to do what others are not willing to do. Nehemiah goes and he speaks to the king because of his concern. His concern, we know that this is not a fleeting concern because he's, he's weeping, he's, he's passionate about this thing. And then, what I love about it, this concern pushes him out of his comfort. Your concern, when you get it, baby, it'll push you right out of the places of your comfort. In fact, when you get concerned about a thing so much, it'll cause you to be willing to sacrifice. I'm telling you, I think about Moses. Moses was always concerned about the children of Israel in captivity. But he feared for his life after he saw the Hebrew mistreating uh, his fellow men and he went and slayed him, and then he went to the backside of the desert. God gets his attention, calls him up and says, Moses, I want you now to go back into Egypt. And you know what Moses does? He's so concerned, and he's heard a call from God that he says, not my will, but let thy will be done. And he puts his life on the line for the thing that he is concerned about. What the concern will do, it will cause you to forget about yourself and concentrate on him and make his purpose your will. It'll cause you to say, baby, let's leave. We're going down to Wilmington because God has called us there and God has this on his heart. So God is using your concern. And I would ask rhetorical, you don't have to answer, what are you concerned about? Where do you fit into this team? Now, I recognize that in most churches, only about 20% of the people do 100% of the work. Don't answer. Look holy. Don't even let nobody know I'm talking about you. You know, you come here late and everything is in place and you find it's lottie dotty, everybody. This is such a great church. What are you concerned about? God wants us to understand the concern for the bigger vision will cause you to take your eyes off of the, the minor things. Because when God calls you to a church, he has to give you the type of concern that causes you to look over the minutia and, and, and focus on what the master is concerned with. Stop majoring in the minor things because there's a bigger picture. I need you to know that... Um, I felt this call to come over here and speak a word to you uh, because you all are three to four years old. We are like 14 years old. And there's some things I know if you haven't gone through it yet, 
Y'all better get ready because the enemy is not going to leave this church alone. He's going to try to divide and conquer. He's going to put the old against the young, the black against the white, the haves against the have not. But you better be more concerned about the bigger picture than you are about your personal comfort. Somebody say amen. That concern will cause you to forget about yourself. That concern will cause you to be a part of building a bridge to Christ and the community. That concern will lead you to my second point, which is commitment. It'll lead you to commitment. Because when Nehemiah decided to go ask the king, he committed fully. But what I love about this, when you get real concerned and you're sold out to what you believe, he not only asked him could he go, he asked him for the money to build the wall. He asked him, he says, not only do I need to go, I need to go under your name. He said, I need to be able to drop your name, king. He said, can I drop your name when I go? See, one of the things you know is when God calls you by concern, he gives you a vision and you won't let anything stand in your way. You're so concerned about what you're going to do. You said, listen, I'm going to step out on nothing and claim everything because if God is for me, he's more than the world against me. I know something about walking by faith and, and seeing where you don't see. And I've watched this young man. I'm so proud of you, sir. I am. You are authentic. I've, this guy right here, this guy right here, he, he's the real deal. Y'all give your pastor a hand, please. You can slip me a little something later. He's the real deal. He really is. Do you know what you all just saw this morning? You, you, you don't see that everywhere. Lift every voice and sing. I've been still trying to learn the words. Not every pastor, not every people would even suffer through it. This is a unique place. It's a, you, you have an opportunity to be a part of something great. If I wasn't the pastor of New Beginning, I would love to be a part of this church. You could be my pastor. I would serve you, man. I would. I would. But God didn't have that to be. Concern leads to a commitment. It's a commitment. God calls us through concern. And then the passion for the purpose of the call will lead us to commit. To commit in such a strong way that you can stand against all of the naysayers and the haters and, and the looky-loos and the people who will come and say, what are you doing over there? You know they got those people. I'm not talking about the black folks. They got the white folks. They got the white folks. So you, you, go into a, you, bro, you go into a church and they got a white pastor. You can't find no church in Wilmington that's got a black pastor. It works both sides. But when you're concerned and, and you're committed to this thing, you will learn how to stand up against all the types of uh, opposition. But it'll make you bold. It'll make you say, you know what we're going to do? We're going to shut down this church once a month, once a quarter, and we're going into the community. See, in the black church, I would say, what, 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 where you, aren't you going to get an offering? Where are you going to get the offering? <laughs> it's sacrilege not to take up an offering in the black church. Where are you gonna, when are you going to pick up the offering, Ethan? Look, 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 look. 
We're, we talk all the time and, and I'm learning some subtleties and, and, and it's not right or wrong. It's what works for you. So your concern will lead you to a commitment to the vision that God has called you to. And it'll make you bold to ask, to step out and proclaim. When I got here a few years ago and I said God wanted me to build a thousand seat sanctuary. God wanted me to build affordable housing. God wanted me to build an event center. I didn't have any money. But I, God ain't short on money. We are short on faith. But when God possesses you, in fact, many times we think that uh, uh, when you get a vision and you're concerned about God's purpose, that vision possess you. You don't possess it until you get a vision that possesses you. You don't have God's best because God has to give you a vision that's so big and so dynamic. It pushes you past your comfort, pushes you out of your comfort zone. And he was, he was asking, he says, I want your, a little alliteration. He says, Lord, I, I want your privilege. I want your provision. I want your protection. I want it all. But don't you know you serve a God that wants you to ask, seek, and knock? He says, I want you to use your faith. I want you to step out on nothing and claim everything. You all know that y'all can't stay here more than a couple more years. You're going to need bigger and I'm going to be praying for you and hoping. And I know some of my members going to come over here, but they ain't my members. They're God's members. Amen. They're God's members. Go wherever, go wherever God leads you. But if he don't lead you, you better stay right where you are. <laughs> Nehemiah. So he goes to Jerusalem. And he's concerned. The concern brings about a commitment. The commitment causes him to not fear anymore. Too many people, God is calling you out, but you're fearful about what man is going to say to you when God has given you an assignment. God has given you an assignment. I feel right now, some, some folks that are here, you are here and you don't know. Like Ethan said, you, you know, you ain't used to this kind of church. And you're teetering and tottering about whether you're supposed to be here. When God settles that thing, then you settle it and no longer revisit it. Because it, if you do, you walk in disobedience. Amen. So, my passage of scripture today. Nehemiah said, we're building and we're rebuilding. Anytime you start to build or rebuild, the enemy is going to get busy. Whether, whether you're doing it in the church or doing it in your home. And many times we got a vision for the church, but we don't have a vision for our home. What is your vision for your family? What is your vision for your marriage? What is your vision for your children? What is your vision for your career? God says when you, he says, my people perish for a lack of vision. He says, he says we, they cast off restraint. You're undisciplined because nothing has captured your, your, your attention and your purpose and your passion and you haven't sold out to it. Some of you have, many have not. But when you commit totally to this thing, you won't get distracted by the naysayers. He says, we were able to do it. We were able to commit. While he's trying to commit, people are coming against him. They're opposing him. They're talking about him. They're, they're threatening him. They're sending insinuations. 
But Nehemiah knew why he was called. This thing had captured him and he was so committed to it. And, and what I want to tell you that the team work makes the dream work. The dream is the vision. But I need you to know the dream is likened unto a seed. It's seed. It has potential. It has life in it. But the teamwork is the ground in which the seed is planted. You can have good seed, put it in bad ground, and not have a harvest. So it does not matter what Ethan and the pastors say here about the vision if the culture of the church doesn't embrace the vision. The culture, the DNA, how you do what you do. So, I'm saying to you, the way you get on this team and the way you make sure this, this, this culture has the proper nutrients and, uh, that is needed is that you understand the vision and your part in it and you tap into that concern so you can walk in alignment with the purpose of this church. And this is a very, very unique church. Nehemiah said the people had a mind. He said we were able to be successful because the people had a mind. They had one mind. They were on one accord. They, 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 they thought the same thing. They're working on this wall and this wall is really long and, and large and it circles the, the empire and what you find out is some are working on this end on the wall in this section, some are working in the middle, and some are working on the end, but they all have the same vision, they're all doing the same thing, they're all building the wall, which was the vision that God gave Nehemiah through his concern, now his commitment, and he shared the vision with the masses. So often people, everybody feels like they can have a say in the vision. When you got too many visions, you have division. Imagine if they had, if Moses had said, how many of y'all want to go out and leave and, and go into the desert? And they said, let's take a vote. <laughs> what if he got out there and they, they said, well, Moses, let's go back. They did anyway. And he said, well, you're right, you're right. But God says, listen, Moses, I know how to give you manna from heaven. I know how to blow on nature and cause wind to bring you meat. There is, is there anything too hard? Stay with what I gave you, Moses. Commit to it. The Bible tells us that we have to have this vision. And I'm telling you, the way you get a part of this vision, a part of this team, is you got to be concerned, and then you have to be committed to that which the Lord has given you as it aligns with the house vision. And, and it's interesting, I've been on your website. You need to know this is such a unique church, because in three and a half years, you guys got two services, and when the average church is only 85 members in America. And you all have two services? This vision changes the definition of success. See, because you all could stop just with this first service if you didn't have a vision that says, we want to plant churches. You could stop with this first service if it, you didn't have a mandate to go out to the next generation, go out to college students. You could stop. Vision changes your definition of what success is. 
You can't go and build half a wall when God told you to build a whole wall. You can't settle with two services when God says, I don't want you to just get fat and spiritually fat in here. When you get to a certain point, I want you to expand and, and send people out and launch churches. Most people would just say, hey, we're going to build a bigger church, a bigger barn. But when vision changes your definition of success, it also changes your definition of sacrifice. You all have said that you all have a vision to, to meet the needs of the people, the underprivileged youth. This church is a committed church. I, I walked in here, there's a beautiful spirit in this place. And some of you all think, why is he preaching so hard? Because that's how I do it. <laughs> that's what I do. That's what I do. My kids was trying to tell me to wear jeans. I don't want to wear jeans. I'm going the way I feel comfortable. They can take me or not. It's all right. I can't. I don't have nearly the swag of Ethan. Ethan got swag. He up here in tennis shoes. I ain't trying to compete with him. Not on your life. I know who I am. He up here with a 32-inch waist. And I ain't taking off my jacket. I watch your videos. I'm sorry. He all. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> when you come on one accord, when you come on one accord, that's how this church has gotten to this point. When, you, when you're on one accord, I was reading about one of your pastors getting ready to leave. I, I've been on your website. I've been praying about, Lord, what do I, what do I bring? When Ethan told me I had 35 minutes, I noticed that he preached a couple times for 42, but it ain't my business. <laughs> 45. <laughs> when you come on one accord, and it reminds me, um, so many people talk about Nehemiah, but so many times people, uh, when they want to talk about good leadership and unity, they'll talk about geese. How they fly in formation. And the thing about the geese flying in formation is it's one of the things that scientists don't know is that the lead geese or goose, I'm sorry, the lead goose goes, he is not identified as a leader. He sees what needs to be done and he goes and he flies to the front. And something aerodynamically happens um, and, and, and as the lead goose begins to fly, he creates an updraft that those that are following behind him, they begin to have an easier task. Those who are leaders, every leader, raise your hand real quick. Leader, I don't care. Your parking lot doesn't matter. You don't have to have a title. Please raise your hand. Ethan told you I'm going to take a long time if you don't help. Come on. <laughs> All right. Leaders, you can put them down. Leaders, sometimes you've got to be willing to work hard, harder than the other people for a season. Especially in the planting of this church. Because in this formation, they can go 71% further flying unified together than they can go by themselves. I say y'all can go 71%, three quarters further than you can go by yourself. I said y'all can... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
One of the things about it is when the lead goose gets tired, it goes to the very rear of the column, and then it begins to honk and encourage the lead goose and say, go for it. Because now it has, it has served and it has worked. And I'm telling you that you have to be so unified together that you're willing to serve. And if you're not in the lead, you can encourage those who are in the lead. Now some of, them, some of us go to the back and, and, and you stay there. That's wrong. Because eventually you need to come back to the front. Some of y'all are just hanging out in the back. <laughs> You, you, you know, you, you tell me, y'all, somebody, y'all go, I'm, I'm with you. Can, can we get you to park cars? <laughs> go ahead, I know. Too many folks who are hanging in the back need to have a concern and commit to the vision of this house. Come on, give the Lord a hand, praise. What messes us up is because you look around and you see all these people, but all of these people are thinking just like you. They got enough people to do it. I don't need, they don't need me. Yes, we do. We do need you. Put the, goose back, the geese back up one more time. Thank you. The other thing is when one goose is hurt and falls out of the formation, two of the geese go with it. See, one of the things you know, as you all are doing ministry, sometimes you get hurt. And sometimes church hurt is worse than anything else. But sometimes you see people who are hurt and you know they're hurt because they're talking hurt. And, 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 and instead of going there and, and you know they have an art and you going to them and, and, and ministering to them, sometimes we just watch from afar. But these geese go with the hurt goose and they nurse the Goose back to health, or if it dies, then they come back. But notice, they come back together because they can still use the strength of unity to fly further. So they only got two, but the one flies in the back and he is resting while the other is working. There's something when you, you're so committed to this vision that you're united and you won't allow anything to separate you. It's, it's like, it's like, apart, you're like, uh, Nitrogen and your glycerin. But when you put it together, thank you, sir. Oh, I like that. I should have had a soundtrack. When you put it together, boom. Something happens when I take my little bit and put it with your little bit and we're committed to the same thing. Now, I need you to know that um, it will take courage for you to accomplish what you have committed to. It will take courage to accomplish what you have committed to. See, because Nehemiah goes, he's building the wall. And over in chapter 4, I think it's chapter 4, verse 1, where, where it talks about, yep, yep, you don't have to go there. You can read it when you get home. Get the tape. They're building Sanballat and Tobiah. They begin to come and oppose the work. And, and here's the thing. Uh, Samballot is a, a religious person. He's not even a Jew. He's a, actually a Samaritan. But he's religious 
And, and though he's political and religious, he has people in the church. He doesn't go to the church, y'all. He has people in the church who spy and tell him what's going on in the church. And he opposes it because it's not what he would do. It's not what he would do. It takes courage. It takes courage when you understand that, that there are those who are politically connected, powerful people, influential people who will come and begin to tell you, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, I, I'm with the vision, I'm committed to it, but they don't have courage when others attack the vision. When the others attack the vision, it will bring division, a divide. But if you're really committed to it, you don't allow people to attack that which you are committed to because what they're actually doing is they are attacking you. Oh, come on now. This is how it looks. This is how it looks. Well, you know, we're growing and I know we wanted to, I know we wanted to reach out to a lot of youth and college students, but it's too many of them. Seems like this, it's always, it seems like it seems like he cares more for the college students than the seniors. And, and, you know, you know, and so I, I don't know how I feel about it. I don't, I don't know how, how I feel about it. You also need to know, um, why do people bring that kind of stuff to you? You be careful when people start bringing you stuff. I mean, what do you do with your trash? You put it in a trash can, right? It, 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 it sounds like this. You all are growing, and they say, wait, wait, wait. I know we wanted to reach the underprivileged, but we got Ray Ray, Bay Bay, Shaniqua and them, all of them up in here. It's starting to get a little uncomfortable. You sure we're supposed to go this way? And why are they bringing it to you? I, I, know, I know we're supposed to build other churches, but it seems to me we, we got two services. We go to three services, and, and, we, can, and we, we can just build a bigger church. And they've forgotten the vision. It takes commitment and courage to stay focused on the vision. And the enemy is going to attack you. If he hadn't, y'all better get ready. And one of the things you have to be able to do See, I told you I thought it was going to be 40 minutes. It's about four more minutes. I'll be 40. I'm going to sit down. Y'all stay with me. Because if he, don't, if, he, if he wants me to stop, the mic will go off. <laughs> Is that you, Lord? <laughs> Listen, Sanballat and Tobiah, they begin to criticize what Nehemiah is doing. They're saying, how can, you, how can you come into a place like this and have a multicultural church? How can you come into a place like this and have all those young folks coming and you let them drink coffee in the sanctuary? <laughs> how in the world are they going to come to church with some flip-flop song? That's my old members. That's y'all. Mm -hmm. That ain't God. That ain't God. That ain't God. This is God's house. <laughs> they begin to attack the vision. They begin to attack the vision. And, 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 and Sanballat and Tobiah, they begin to, they, they, they use insinuation. If your pastor hadn't come under attack yet, he will. At first, Ashley hadn't come under attack yet. She has. He, she will. And it's not going to be from the outside. 
It's somebody on the inside who's been challenged by the vision. They write an open letter and they accuse Nehemiah, you think too much of yourself. You're trying to build your own kingdom. And I was really, really impressed. I looked on your page and I saw all the people and I saw Ethan, the last picture. Now, it don't work like that at my church, my page. My... I'm the first picture. It might have several of them. This man is the real deal. He's the real deal. But I need everybody in here to know that you will be criticized. But let them criticize you for standing in what God called you to do. Let them, let them criticize you because... Amen. Give the, amen. Because, because it doesn't make sense. Now, right now it makes sense because this is a thriving church. But those who came in the early days and you saw Ethan up here with wrinkled pants on and a tight T-shirt. And you're saying, I don't know. <laughs> and, th and then you recognize the, the boy, he got a word. He loves the Lord. You, got, you say, oh, I love my pastor. Somebody told me that you don't have a pair of dress pants. <laughs> and I don't have any jeans. <laughs> Samballot and Tobiah begins to attack the vision. Let me close with this thought. The Bridge Church, this is a very special church. It's a very special church. Not just in this city, not just in this state. I'm telling you, man, this is special. In this country, this is special. You, you've been called to be a part of something special. Where are you concerned? Wherever you're concerned, you can get connected because wherever you get connected, usually your passion leads you to your purpose. It's going to take commitment. You, commitment is, is, is deciding, Lord, I'm going all the way. And, and it's going to take courage. When the, courage not on the top of the mountain, but courage in the valley. I want you to remember your special people at a special church. Teamwork makes the dream work. Concern, committed, and courageous. Come on, give the Lord a hand praise. Would you please stand? I want to pray real quickly. Can I do this? Can I do this? All the leaders, would y'all walk up here right quick? I just want to, just leaders, is that all right? I'll take about a minute. Just walk up here. Because I'm telling you, as the head goes, as the leadership, everything rises and falls on leadership. You, what you say matters more than what the naysayers say. It, 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 they can say what they want, but it won't be confirmed until they hear it here. Or they hear it here. They're looking to you. Everybody, would you all stretch your hands toward these leaders? And I want to pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this powerful ministry. I thank you for what you are doing in our city, in this church. I thank you that, that the seeds that they plant, they will bring forth some 30, 60, 100 fold. 
God equipped them for the work of ministry. Insulate them against insinuation and ridicule and criticism. Let them know that to whom much is given, much more will be required. Let them be willing to be like Jesus, though they talked about him and, and lied on him and, and persecuted him. He never said one word. God used this leadership group as the foundation to do the things you've called the Bridge Church to do. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand praise. You may take your seat.